Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Tova Lazarov, she is a deputy managing editor of the Jerusalem Post and she joins us right now. And uh, good morning Tova, how are you? No? Okay. Oh, you see we are having some 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 challenges here this morning. Tova, are you with me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very happy to be speaking to you again. Uh, Tova is the Deputy Managing Editor of the Jerusalem Post. And um, we wanted to talk about the the talks about the war in Gaza between President... No. Yes, about the war in Gaza okay. between President Joe Biden and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. So when when did they discuss... What did they discuss, and uh, where does that leave us? You wanted to discuss the 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 talks vis-à-vis the hostage swaps, yes, or the conversation that Netanyahu and and Biden had last week. Sorry, I wasn't sure I understood the question. Yes, yes. So let's talk about Netanyahu and Biden. Okay, what would you like to know about them? Okay, so what was the what were the takeaway points from their meeting? Well, they didn't meet; they had a conversation. A conversation, okay. Right, um, and they spoke about um, you know the possible. Sorry, they spoke about the UN um, Security Council resolution, as you know. Right. The um, was United States abstained, right? There was a 15, so last Friday there was a 15 member, um, the 15 members of the Security Council, mm-hmm. and they voted to increase humanitarian aid. Um, and they voted for a humanitarian pause, but they didn't vote for a ceasefire. And the initial, the initial desire had been back for the Security Council to vote for a ceasefire. What is the difference, um, Tova? Can I just ask you, what is the difference between a humanitarian ceasefire, I mean, a humanitarian pause and a ceasefire? A ceasefire would be an end to the war, and a pause would be a, a, a limited stop to allow for the entry, to better allow for the distribution of humanitarian aid. Okay. So what the UN security, um, what the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres had wanted was to see the Security Council call for an end to the war. Right? He right. did this very unusual thing and he used this administrative tool that allowed him to ask the Security Council to do that. It did, he couldn't demand it, but he could ask it. And it's unusual because it's not political. Right? And he, and he is not a member state and therefore the Secretary General doesn't typically have the ability to ask a UN body to do something. He can speak in the globally in the name of the UN, right, as sort of the figurehead, but he can't actually push for action in that way. And this is this there's this tool that hasn't been used in a very long time, like not I think since the eighties. And is not used so often by which he could in fact turn to the Security Council and he did. And, um, America worked very hard to 
tone down the language, right? So that it, so that it could, it, so that it would not then be to it. So there are 15 members, five permanent ones, and the United States is one of five that has veto power. And the United States has used that veto power really to protect Israel. Um, and yet it understands that action, some sort of action needs to be, to happen on Gaza. The Security Council, the Security Council has to be able to do some things on Gaza. So it seeks to help resolutions be those that they feel they could stand by, even if they don't actually vote for. And the reason that they didn't vote for it is because while the resolution, which was very long, I think it had 15 points, um, spoke about, you know, the importance of aid and better ways to distribute aid and creating a mechanism to oversee aid, it did not in fact condemn Hamas in any way. In fact, it didn't even mention Hamas. Um, and so, and I think there, I don't think there's been any council in the General Assembly, any resolution, not in the General Assembly or in the Security Council, that has condemned Hamas. Toba, so, can I, yeah. can I ask your, this is your personal opinion, because I think that you've got insights, obviously, living in Israel that us here in the diaspora don't have. Um, in terms of Bibi's leadership, we're starting to see a lot of conversations about people saying that he needs to go. And my question, you know, has of is this the time to deal with it is yes from a lot of Israelis. What's your thought? Um, I, I don't think, well, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I would say that globally um, there is generally an opinion that, you know, it's not good to do an election during war. And it's complicated because it would, in fact, be hard to do a fair election during a war. Sure. Right? First of all, you have a lot of soldiers in Gaza, and they can't really vote because they're in Gaza. It's not even like they could mail in their ballots, really, because the, sol- the soldiers that are in Gaza aren't, they're not listening to radio. They're not really so connected to what is happening here. So they would couldn't have the benefit of any Right in any election campaign, they it would be, it, it just it wouldn't be possible. So, if it, and then people really need to focus on the war. They shouldn't be focused focusing on campaigning. And then you start to worry that, you know, decisions taken, you know, taken for the war could it actually be political decisions. So the so the wisdom in Israel, where you know, unlike in the United States, the United States. Elections are scheduled irrespective. Like an election just happens at, um, at that. But in Israel, the elections are much more, you know, they're much more other. They're yeah. not scheduled. They all right, that is where we're going to leave it. Unfortunately, not the best quality line. Uh, that's Tova Lazaroff, Deputy Managing Editor of the Jerusalem Post.